Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Like a chrysalis, we're emerging from the economy of the Industrial Revolution, an economy confined to and limited by the Earth's physical resources into the economy in mind, in which there are no bounds on human imagination, and the freedom to create is the most precious natural resource. Welcome to the Soul of Enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, sponsored by SAGE, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. I'm Ed Kless with my friend and co-host Ron Baker, and Ron, on today's show, it's free Rider Friday. All right, man, let's get going. I love let's it. Let's go. You, you, you want to jump in. You got your stack bulging. <laughs> Absolutely. Stuff ready to go. <laughs> want to talk about some good stuff? All right. Well, I'll, let me go. Let me go first. I gotta, you know, I, I always say this is gonna be a quick one, and then you know we talk for twenty minutes, and the first segment's over. But right. here, here's here's my here's my my first one that I'm throwing out. As we speak to the second, Bitcoin is trading at one thousand two hundred and ninety five dollars and three cents. It has been up over 1300 for part of this week. In fact, it hit an all-time high price of $1,343.59 on Thursday, surpassing the previous record that was set in March. And the price of Bitcoin is up 200% year over year. And the, uh, the, the, what, the 800 yen... Mark seems to be up on the horizon next. I don't know what's so important about the 800 yen, but there's, I guess, it's a psychological thing over in in uh, Asia, China, and uh, Japan, right? Uh, because it also this week surpassed gold in value. The current um, market cap on Bitcoin is uh, over 21 billion dollars. Mm. Love it. And this any, is, uh, yeah. Any speculation why it went up? I mean, was there some some trigger? There's a couple couple different possibilities. Um, one is that there has been con- continued considerable adoption in India, in uh, Nigeria, actually, uh, in Venezuela. So there's again the prediction of it of it being a developing world phenomena, and then perhaps wrapping back into the developed world continues to potentially hold Argentina as well. These are all places that have different currencies that are much more subject to the whim of the government. So uh, it is Bitcoin overall from a market cap is now larger than most fiat currencies. Other than obviously the dollar and the euro, but individual country fiat currencies, Bitcoin has larger market cap on that. Uh, the other speculation is is that there was a the the SEC rejected 
a proposed, I think it was a, a money market fund based on Bitcoin. Mm. Because because they said, and I, I love this, that it was ready, run too volatile, <laughs> too volatile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the right. SEC, mm-hmm. SEC can't have that. No, we can't <laughs> have volatility. No, yeah. right. and, and <laughs> I think it's hysterical, but that that the, the petition has been decided. They're going to revisit that petition, and there's some speculation that that. Is why a um, head fund, a hedge fund billionaire, invested ten percent of his net worth into Bitcoin and Ether. Uh, this is a, a, a guy, uh, My- Michael uh, Novogratz, right? On and he discussed this on a report if with CNN Money, and he he really thinks that the the cryptocurrency is is going to be absolutely huge i think the number i saw him is he, he's thinking it's going to get to a million dollars per bitcoin at some point wow. which you know obviously that's speculation but i let me let, let's put it this way i will be a very happy if that's <laughs> the case <laughs> i'll be looking for a new host yeah <laughs> new co-host <laughs> Nah, nah. I'll sponsor the show at that point. Uh, I'll okay. sponsor the whole. Yeah, you know, I'll just be <laughs> the sponsor, and we'll. I'll call Rob. We'll expand the show. We'll have. We'll do as long as you want, Ron. Brought to you by Ed's Bitcoin. <laughs> the, that's right. That's right. Uh, so, oh, you that, know this, okay. and this. The, you know, I was at a, at the ITA conference this week, and 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 Bitcoin and blockchain do, does seem to be a, a a continuing conversation. Although I have to say that even six months. Ago, it was more of a conversation. I think I think it it it's being perceived a little bit as a fad, and people have lost interest in it. And I think that's a mistake. I mean, I don't think that you need to be obsessing about it. We probably you and I probably obsess about it more than than we really need to, or at least I do. I shouldn't say for you, but um, but I but I don't think it's wise to not be paying attention to it. No, and I you know with the AICPA, they just had some type of meeting where they had big blockchain discussions and they've been talking a lot about blockchain which i mm-hmm. think is finally good so I, I i do find more and more audience that i've talked to uh, like i did a speech uh, last week for the georgia society and, and people are very aware <laughs> the blockchain they might not know all the intricacies and mechanics of it but they know it's out there and and they know it's potential disruptor mm-hmm yep no, it's 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 going to be interesting to see what what happens next. I I you know I'm uh, continue to be and even on Bit, Bitcoin, which we which you know, we've always said, hey, listen, blockchain's the 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 real thing. Bitcoin may or may not be, but uh, things to be seem to be working themselves out in terms of Bitcoin though too as as well. You know some of the the issues they're trying to get past, and so we'll see. You know, Gilder's long on Bitcoin. He really thinks it's a, a great technology. So it's really interesting. I, I'm going to be real curious to see how it all unravels. And I, I know one of our listeners, Ed Gare, sent us an article about the cashless society. And I, if, if that's in your stack, then let's just deal with it then. But, you know, it's a real, it was a real interesting article, wasn't it? It was, it was, and I, I'm I'm already pretty cashless. I mean, <laughs> I'm I'm all for, I'm all in on the cashless. I mean, to the point where now I get nasty looks from from baggage handlers and and people who hail me taxis. I'm like, sorry, I don't carry cash. <laughs> right, right. Like 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 President Clinton or or Kennedy, they never carried cash. <laughs> but uh, yep. 
it, you know, the article that he had sent us was really kind of an argument for keeping cash for things like, you know, your kid's piggy bank and teaching them about money per se. And I thought it made some really interesting arguments, but it, if, if one thing could replace cash, it would be Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and what I find hysterical is I did watch a documentary on this. I think I mentioned that last month on Freerider. And, you know, one of the arguments that's made by the regulators and they go through they go through this whole litany of, you know, can't be traceable, blah, blah, blah. blah right. And at one point, one of the people says, well, so is cash. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ultimate anonymous. Uh. <laughs> right, yeah, right. It's completely anonymous. It can't be traced. It's like you know, and I guess they they may, may want to eliminate that as well. Who knows? But I, you know, I also do think that we're going to start to see in two thousand seventeen, maybe early eighteen, some of the emergence of these private blockchains as well. Sure. Uh, or as as one person puts it, there's a difference between even a private blockchain and then one that's a uh, conglomerate, like a group, you know, say, say all of the Wall Street banks getting together and using a single blockchain for a particular application that they all, uh, you know, settlement house, that kind of stuff. Right. Or government using it for like some type of public records, birth certificates, that type of thing. Voting. Voting is the one Voting. that I'm actually yes. most, most interested in because I'd really like to see a combination of of blockchain and biotech uh, connect together to 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 uh, to do take over the voting system because I think that would make things a lot more convenient for everyone and I, I think it would increase the number of people who who vote too which is a good thing. There's just so much money pouring into that area, you know, with venture capital. More and more companies every day you read about these things and you just know it's going to bust at some point. It's going to bust. The technology is just too darn elegant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. It totally just agree. it so. ha- just has to be democratized and made simple, and and I think that's one of the the least probably appreciated about cash and maybe even credit cards. Let's face it, they're simple. Mm-hmm. They're simple, mm-hmm. and you can understand them from a young age, and you know they work and they're easy, and you know that that was quite an advance. Yep. Yeah, well, at, at ITA, the, the the featured speaker, where you know you and I had had done a presentation for them a couple of years ago, where we we were their their keynote, which was a lot of fun. But the, but the the their featured speaker was Frank Abagnale. Mm-hmm. He's the the guy that the the movie Catch Me If You Can, right, was was uh, written about, and you know he's he's completely reformed, right, right. In fact, you know he 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 tells the story. Uh, of of you know what he did, which is in a lot of ways is very similar to the movie, but you know that then he goes on to say that you know he 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 was wrong. He's he's paid back every penny that he that he uh, stole from people, as well as uh, the the even the airlines that he he paid back. But mm-hmm. it, you know it's very clever the way that that he went about it. You know and and at such a young age, but. Uh, anyway, one of one of the questions that was asked of him was if if someone were to try to do what you did today, would would it be harder? And his answer was no, it's infinitely easier. <laughs> <laughs> that's encouraging. <laughs> yeah, that's really, you know, and he just and he goes through is you know, if when I when I was when I was faking checks, I had to have access to this multi-million dollar four-color printer. Right. It's like, you know, now, now, you know, all you need is a, is a, is a go, go get a nice inkjet quality printer by security paper. Right. He says, you know, I could, I could probably fake it a lot easier. And one of the things that he, 
he uh, shared, and I thought this was interesting. He said, the stupidest thing that you can do personally is to use your debit card. Mm. Right? He says, that is really dumb. He says, I've never had a debit card. I won't let my kids have debit cards. He says, you know, my kids are now 35-year-old adults, and I won't let them have – they don't have debit cards. He said, because here's why, and, and I never really thought about this, but if, if, some, if you drop your debit card, lose your debit card, it would be so easy for somebody to, to, to probably call up and get the PIN number through a clever scam, sure, so to speak. Sure. Right. And here's the thing. Your debit card is all all oftentimes linked to other lines of credit. Right. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Once they get access and to this and take the money, it's gone. You have zero recourse. Zero. Interesting. Right. But if you use a credit card, you're insured. I think it's it's a million dollars, I think, is the is the mandated insurance. Right. 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 And you don't have to pay. You pay zero. If your credit card is stolen, or even if you lose your credit card, and there's probably right? better fraud detection with credit cards because of course there is, right? They, they have fraud units and bring it. Yep, yep, yep. And he says, you know, they, so so he says he's he's a cut up, throw out your debit card, throw I it out. Use, I I don't use my debit card, Ed. I always use a credit card. I do too. I do too. But there are people I know who that they just use their debit card instead, and like they use sure. it like. Like ah, I don't want to, you know, be be uh, putting money on credit. So well, and it, by the way, every time you use your debit card, you, you're not establishing your credit at all. Whereas every time you do use your credit card and uh, put, you know, pay it off, you're you're making your credit better. Right. Wow. So really important thing. And then the other, and he said, secondly, don't don't write a check today because checks are worse because you, you, we don't even get them back anymore. He says, you write a check to CVS, it's likely that check check will sit in that CVS in that store for ninety days, ninety days <laughs> before it gets shredded. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's encouraging. Well, look, this is just flying by. I knew it would be, folks. We'd like to remind you, if you want to contact Ed or myself, you can do so at asktsoe at verisage.com. And you can check out uh, our full show notes at thesoulofenterprise.com. And now we want to hear from our sponsor, Leading Results. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Is your website just a brochure or is it your best salesperson? If your site is not the best lead generation tool you have, we should talk. We are leading results. We build websites and marketing programs that impact your bottom line. Using HubSpot or WordPress, we'll create a website and supporting marketing program that gets your business found, converts web visitors to leads, and provides clear tracking on what is and is not working. Learn about our team and approach to your success. Visit leadingresults.com slash TSOE to find out more. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have, but have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. And it is Free Rider Friday here on The Soul of Enterprise, the day on which Ron and I talk about stories that are just of interest to us. But if you do want to join us, and I know there are some of you who do listen live to the show, so we'd love for you to call in and chat with us, see what you have to offer at one 866 472 5790. We would love for you to call in and chat. But Ron, what's next up in your stack? What have you, what have you got for me? All right. I, I got a real simple one. Don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Liquid gold. You can now liquid get gold. Liquid gold. You can now get it's happened. You know, we've talked about bottled water forever, right? How can you be a mm-hmm. commodity if, if water isn't? Right. Well, there's a brand of water called, I think it's Solvardi. It sells for $99. This is like in upscale stores like Harrods in the UK and that type of stuff. Um, the bottle, the, the water consumption, bottled water consumption surpassed soft drink consumption in the USA in 2016. <laughs> it's a $147 billion industry that's no. been growing for nine at 9% per year for several years. Wow. Now, I started talking about bottled water as, you know, part of my there's no such thing as a commodity talk. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember how big the industry was, but I don't think it was over a hundred billion yet. Mm-hmm. At that point, it was $147 billion. And now, of course, they have flavored water, right? You can get different right. flavors and you can get vitamins in it. Well, that type of water accounts for four percent of the volume, but fifteen percent of the revenue. Wow. <laughs> and the reason for this growth, they say, is the premiumization of of this water, like this brand that sells for ninety nine bucks, is the fastest growing segment. And their definition of premiumization is over a dollar thirty a liter. Wow! And that's ninety nine dollars a liter for water. I don't know. It's it, uh, it doesn't say. It's just nine. Doesn't no, say how much is ninety nine dollars a bottle. Yeah, just okay. for a bottle. I don't know how big the bottle is. It's probably just an average, you know. Might maybe it's a- concentrated. Maybe it's concentrated water. And, and you know, Pepsi <laughs> and Coke have a, a premium version. They have that, you know, Coca-Cola's is called Inspirational. And I don't know, yeah. Pepsi's called Life Water or something. And these are premium above their, you know, Dasani and Aquafina brands. So just just more proof that there's no such thing as a commodity. Mm-hmm. Dihydrogen monoxide. <laughs> Last I checked, dihydrogen monoxide. That's all it is. All right, I'm done. Uh, all right, you're a United guy, aren't you, Ron? Oh, God, I knew this would come up. You knew this was coming, right? <laughs> I want right. to... Bash on my airline. Go for it. Gonna, we're going to go... We're going to go to town on, on United. And it just seems to keep getting worse. Did you see that the, the, they had a rabbit that got killed that died? 
Did you see that one? Yeah, I did. See. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. So they so they break guitars, drag doctors off of planes, <laughs> and kill rabbits. Yep. <laughs> this. All right. So so I got a got an email from someone this week, and I got the this, Samsung of airlines. By the yes, way. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. This is. And I'm I'm going to go through all of these because they're, they're all just awesome. So uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is some suggested new slogans for United Airlines. You ready? Love it. You ready? All right. First one. Not enough seating. Prepare for a beating. <laughs> we are united. There you go. <laughs> Friendly skies. Have a, yeah. How about just this one? Drop and drag. <laughs> Drop and drag. All right. I like this one. I really do like this one. <laughs> we put the hospital in hospitality. <laughs> I like that one. I like that one a lot. Uh, here's one that our friends in the UK would like: uh, a bloody good airline. Yeah. <laughs> that that could work. Uh, this is an interesting one, but I think way too. This is this is too much of, of a targeted segment they're going for here. So I think that this one will not work. Uh, bored as a doctor leaves a patient. <clears throat> that, <laughs> <laughs> here's a good one: our prices can't be beaten, but our passengers can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like this. This is this is we treat you like we treat your luggage. <laughs> and let me give you two more. Let me give you two more. Um, United, we beat the we beat the customer, not the competition. <laughs> One of the late night comedians did a commercial <laughs> too. Did you see that? It was going uh -huh. around. It was pretty funny. The new commercial for United. It was it was really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and this is my this is my last one because I think this is this is interesting because this could work overall. Uh, United, where voluntary is mandatory. <laughs> hey, yeah, I think you, the, I think the IRS could use that one too. That's why I think that's a good one. It's it's more very universal. Where voluntary is mandatory. You know, they just came out with uh, they just made ten customer service policy changes as a result of all this. But and, and I'm yeah. not you know I don't want to go through them all. But here's the big one. And this is what they should have done with this guy anyway, or this flight, is they've now upped the compensation for bumping people to ten grand. Yeah. Now what I find interesting about that is that if you've got, you know, a lot of these flights, a lot of commute flights, like especially like say SFO, LAX, I'm sure Dallas has the same, like Dallas, Chicago probably. Mm -hmm. You you might have half that plane be one Kers, you know, top top flyers. These mm -hmm. are savvy flyers. They know when they come out and they need to bump somebody and they start announcing, oh, we'll, we'll pay this, we'll pay that. They'll just sit on their hands. Yep. So it's going to be real. I, I mean, I've seen it go as high as $1,400, maybe fifteen. dollars um, But I think when you start getting up to two, three, four grand, that's going to make me jump. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I think that that's probably a good uh, that, that's probably a good thing to allow that. Now, I did read somewhere in in all of this mess, by the way, and we can we can talk more seriously about this this situation because, quite frankly, just backing up to the the the, the situation that really precipitated all of this 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 doctor that got pulled off of the plane. There's a lot going on there, there and that I, I'm not I'm not 100% certain of all of the facts, yep. but I can tell you this. Uh, and I think this is an, an an interesting study just in human behavior. That the moment, if if that was me, 
and I don't know what happened before. So let's just assume that. But the mo- if it's me, and the moment that the three dudes show up from the you know Chicago airline police, whatever they were, it wasn't Chicago police. It was some specific transit type thing, right? But the moment that they show up saying, "Hey, you know, Ed, Mr. Class, we're ta- if you don't get off this airplane, we're gonna we're gonna take you off." It's at that point that I capture my dignity back, and I walk off the plane. Absolutely. Right? It's to, to, for this guy to get allow himself to get dragged off the plane, to me, is an indication that there's not some, there's something that ain't right in his head either. No. And, and, you saw, and you saw that second video, right, where the, the officer was explaining to him, look, you, you have to leave. And nope, nope, you're going to have to drag me off. He said, well, look, you're mm-hmm. going to make this hard. And uh-huh. he had this, you know, one minute conversation with the guy. Apparently the guy had already exited the plane and then came back on. Correct. And, you know, the FAA has got incredibly tight regulations that you can't threaten, assault, act like a lunatic, you know, aboard a flight. There's like a zero tolerance. It's, you know, it's worse than bringing a, a little toy gun to school in those stupid zero tolerance zones. Uh, but a, an air, air airplane, especially one on the tarmac it, it, or at the gate, is a that's a zero tolerance zone. I mean, you have authorities come on and tell you to get off, get off. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just I Ed, I don't think we know the half of it. I don't think all the facts have come out on this yet. I'm you know I'm certainly <laughs> withholding judgment, but I mean, um, United screwed up. They should have just up up the boarding, and I'm sure it was their stupid right. policies that. You know, didn't allow them to go higher than the whatever they went, 800 bucks or whatever. But I, I think you're right. I mean, this guy was immature. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you, you capture your dig- dignity back and walk off the, the plane. But and now just to, to in, in my my interest of, of, of assisting with that, you know, there were a lot of people that were on board that plane who were vi- capturing the video. Right. And complaining, it was pretty much audible. You know, this is wrong, right? All of this, the the yeah. stuff, right? But notice, none of them get up, got up it, and said, "You know what? He can have my seat. He can yes, have my seat." Exactly, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he can have I my know. seat. But, yeah. <laughs> which, 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 another sign of of maturity would have been for someone on that plane to say, "Okay, he's got my. You know, I can't. I'm not going to watch this happen." He, you know, they were like, "Nope, I'm, <laughs> get him all right now that you got him off. Let's go." <laughs> And, right. <laughs> I, and I don't get the fact that his medical license has been revoked and the whole backstory. I mean, it doesn't make any difference to this incident. But that's no, it kind doesn't. Of interest. But anyway, you know, the, the you know, flying is not a right; it's a privilege. It is governed by the contract of carriage, mm-hmm. which you know are are, are FAA mandated, and they're the same for every airline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and just if you are overbooked and you get involuntarily removed here are you you have rights they mm-hmm. first the airline has to ask for volunteers by the way mm-hmm. you can thank the late julian simon for this this auction yep. method of it right um you, you have to get a written policy of your rights and if they rebook you and you're delayed more than uh two hours they have to pay you up they, they have to pay you four times uh your ticket price up to a maximum of 1350 right if you're i knew that the 13 for two hours yeah. Mm-hmm. Four hours for an international flight, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. And and here's the kick: I did not know this. They must cut you a check if you ask for it. They can't give you a voucher. They have to give you cash, and you can demand it at the airport. Um, now, if you voluntarily give up your seat, like you're bribed off, you're on mm-hmm. your own. None of these rules apply. 
but Ed, if you're bumped for any other reason, weather, flight cancellation, the airline moving to a smaller plane, or you're mm-hmm. on a smaller plane and you get bumped because of weight and balance issues, mm-hmm. these protections do not apply. You have to get off. It, it, it's just ludicrous to think that you have a, a, an absolute right to be on that plane. I don't give a crap if they boarded you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. And and what I don't understand about this flight with the doctor is where was the captain? The captain That's is the, point. in charge of that vessel. He should have come out or made some type of announcement. I I, I just I don't I don't understand that. I, I've seen, you know, we fly a lot. I just, I just mm-hmm. looked at my account. I've just passed one and a half million miles with United. That's wow. actual. That's the way the crow flies, by the way. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include, you know, they count actual miles. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all you get towards that lifetime thing. And I've seen people get bumped after we've all been boarded. You know, it happens. Right. Growth hell up. <laughs> And this guy's going to end up with a multi-million dollar settlement. I've seen his lawyer all over TV. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. I, I, I'm just going on a, out on a limb. But my bet is he got more than one call from a lawyer. Just saying. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was on the phone. You could see it in this conversation. He goes, no, sue United, lawsuit against United. He was talking on the phone as the cops mm-hmm. telling them to get off. You can see yep. that video. It's fascinating. It's yep. like, yeah, okay, there's more to this than, than we know. Yeah. All right. Well, that that was fun. We had a little fun with it, but I think it talked about a pretty serious issue too. So we're we're up against our next break. But if you want to contact Ron or me, please do email us at ask a s k t s o e the soul of enterprise at verisage dot com and the website the soul of enterprise where you can see previous shows the show notes from all of our shows plus previews of upcoming shows as well there is also a live events page which we have out there it's actually under calendar so the soul of enterprise dot com slash calendar and you can see where ron and i are going to be including in a little little over a week ron we're going to be at sage's summit event so we're pretty excited about that and interacting with all of our great partners accountants and of course customers as well at summit at sage summit but right now we want to hear our word from our sponsor the future of online tv is here View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise, Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Welcome back, everybody. We're Free Rider Friday here in April. And Ed, okay, you're going to think I've lost it. (laughs) <laughs> okay, this is it. Baker's gone off the rails. This is this is right up Landsberg Alley, but it's right up okay. our alley too. We love stuff like this. Okay. I guess I, I there's lots of ways I could start this, but I'll start it this way. I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. What does the tooth fairy pay in the Kless household? <laughs> Depends on the tooth. Uh the first tooth is is more. Oh, and then there's, there's yeah. a scale. There's a sliding scale. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> it's a sliding scale. Yeah, spill it, uh, dude. What's yeah, the so the, coin, the, the first tooth is, is $10. First tooth is $10. And then after that, it's, you get a buck. After you get that, a buck. After wow. that, you get a buck. Okay. Yeah. Well, picture this. <laughs> well, oh, wait, wait. Let me just say, there is one exception, and this was where my daughter inadvertently, I think it was my daughter, lost and swallowed a tooth. Oh, jeez. Yeah, so the tooth fairy, <laughs> the tooth fairy did pony up a second dollar for that one, but made no attempt to actually recover the tooth. I want to say there was sure. no actual tooth recovery <laughs> in that particular and case. So, has there been an increase between Sean and Kara on? on no, no, they, no, you've no, no. Kept, you've kept that the same, even though they're what they're few. They're how many years apart are they? They're they're, they're three plus years apart. So three plus years. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So picture this, Ed. You're at the West Wing of the White House. You're the Obama administration. Okay. <laughs> You're in a Council of Economic Advisor meeting, right? CEA. Mm-hmm. You're yep. waiting for the U.S. Treasury Secretary, Jack Lew, to come in. And this actually is an economist in the CEA. Betsy Stevenson is her name. And she asks the question, hey, what, what, what do you pay these days for a tooth? Apparently, her daughter that morning or the night before or whatever, that morning, I think it was, lost a tooth. Okay. So, she was doing a survey. Now, you know, you're talking about six or seven other economists sitting around the table. And she said, <laughs> the place lit up. This, this is like the most involved discussion you've ever heard, right? About Well, apparently, this is a big deal. Delta Dental has been doing a survey for the last 20 years. Think awesome. Think of it as Think of it as big tooth, right? Big, big tooth. <laughs> big data, big tooth. I love this. Okay, good. Average for the tooth fairy for a lost tooth is $4.66. Wow. Now, that itself isn't, you know, isn't as remarkable as the fact that it has grown at 10% a year for over like a decade. Wow. 
and and so on NPR's uh, podcast called Planet Money, mm-hmm. they had a show on this. It's show seven fifty nine. We'll get the link up on the show notes, and and the show is called What's It Worth to You. And mm-hmm. They talked about of other issues too that were quite fascinating. By the way, just time constraints. I'm not going to get into them all. I thought this was the weirdest but funniest one. Um, but they started to talk to economists about why this is. And, you know, you bring up the income elasticity of demand, right? This idea of, you know, if you make 10% more income, does that mean you're going to splurge 10% more in every category of your spending, right? What What's the income right. elasticity of each category of your spending? And sure. the theory was that, you know, we're, we just love to splurge on our kids and, and, and I would even add to that, especially if it's an only child, you know, they, they probably get on the higher end, but, mm. uh, I just thought that was fascinating that Delta dental has been doing the survey for 20 years. So there's actually econometric evidence out there for what the Dewberry <laughs> base. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. And what I found out is I'm a cheap SOB cause I just did a little math. You know, if what? you throw the 10, the $10 tooth in plus the, <laughs> plus the 19 other dollars, right? So yeah. that means you get, it's 29 bucks total for the mouth. Um, so twenty nine divided by twenty gives me it's a, it's a, it's a buck forty five a tooth. So I'm you yeah, know you could go up, Ed. You could go. I, up. That's a little I, high. That's <laughs> a little I high. think I'm I'm pretty done. I'm pretty done. And you know, Sean Sean, I eh, maybe he's got four more molars to lose. I don't know, but uh, Kara's got some. But yeah, no, we're uh, I'm going to stick with my my dollar a tooth. You know, I think that I, I I maybe I'm subscribing here to the um what's it the 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 principle that that uh, Rory Sutherland talks about, you know, the, the first impression, right? right. Uh, the, the, the notion that the, their first impression was, oh, the, they, they got $10 for the tooth. And then add the rest, rest of that, they'll just remember the $10 the first time, right? So they'll, they'll only remember the first incident, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's what I'm shooting for. That's my, that's, that's the plan. I just, I just, you know, cause they actually interviewed this woman, Betsy, and, and they actually talked to her husband too. And uh-huh. they're both economists, I guess. And it just, she cracked me up the way she was explaining how, how engaged this discussion was. It's like, yeah, I wish during the Obama administration, you would have had some, you know, discussions like that about the economy. Um, but boy, you talk about the tooth fairy and everybody lights up. So yeah, yeah no kidding. No kidding. <laughs> All right. So I, I want to throw one at you here that we can, uh, we can talk a l- little bit about. Cause again, you being a big flyer, uh, I think you b- might be interested in this, but there's a company called boom technology, boom, B O O M technology that is ready. They are developing a new supersonic jet. Mm. They yep. plan to put into practice. Now, this is a big interest here is that it is different from the Concorde and that it is not a state funded airline. Right. <laughs> yep. This is this is private enterprise. Uh, so they they've got some different ideas. They they, of course, you know, the technology has significantly improved yep. and uh, they they really uh, think that they, they they've reduced the sound because the, the problem was was never the, the in in a sense there was never really a speed limit on the Concorde, but there was a sound limit. Yes, and as a result, the sound limit caused problems because it you can't you can't have the sonic boom, right? Yeah. But they they think that this this the their plane will allow for sonic booms that can occur over land, right? 
that will not cause disturbances to people on the ground. Right. Interesting. So, and what, you know, think, think about that is that you could do New York to San Francisco and it would be two hours and 20 minutes. Yeah. That, you know, that's this. practically what the SR 71 did <clears throat> on its last flight. I think it went from LA to DC or something in like less than two hours. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's so, just amazing. Yep. So they've got this, they've got this uh, prototype, which they plan to test this year in 2017. And they, they, their, their target is to fly commercial passengers by the early 2020s. So how, uh, how big's the plane, Ed, does it say, uh, you know, they do, they do talk a little bit about this. There's this nice video, which we'll, we'll post up there, but they say that it's a new form factor and it's a, it's a three engine jet that can carry up to 55 passengers. Okay. But, it flies at more than twice the speed of sound. So it's I actually, I think that's a little bit faster than the Concorde because I think that the Concorde was just slightly under twice the speed of sound, as I recall. I could have that wrong, too. I, I think it went over. I think I, I do Did remember you? it went 2.1 or 2.2 or something because, they you know, they, they have the digital thing in the, in the plane where you can see it, you know, speed relative to Mach or whatever. And, right. yeah, I think it was over, too. I don't know. We'll have to look that up, but... Um, yeah, interesting. Oh, I'd love it. I, you know, I've often wondered why Boeing or Airbus, uh, but Boeing did have a bet for a while that supersonic or, or speed would be an issue. Mm-hmm. And they, they made a different bet about fuel economy. And of course, Airbus said, no, it's capacity. That's going to be an issue. So they were going to do that a 380 and that mm-hmm. type of thing. But man, I'll tell you, I'd pay for speed, especially on those <laughs> coast to coast flights. I hate that flight. Well, sure. I mean, and you know, that's th- those coast to coast. Th- th- those those, those are ones you, you, you know, and you'd land before you took off. It's a beautiful thing, right? Uh, I mean, that's wow. that'd be awesome. I mean, it's a six-hour <laughs> flight if you got headwinds coming west, coming back west. Mm-hmm. And if you're coming out of Boston or Florida or something, it's a nightmare. It's a totally. Yeah. It's a it's a worse flight than for me than going overseas. I'd rather go overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so, cool. That's cool. Bring yeah, it on, baby. You like that one. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you got a short one? We got about three minutes. I, I, I do. I, this is called, okay. um, this is this is another one that's just off the rails. Uh, called Friction Lovers. It's out of The Economist, April 1st. I thought it was an April 1st, a fool's joke. Um, <laughs> efficiency, too much of a good thing can be bad, right? Uh-huh. So they talk about, well, okay, travel's good, right? But it can cause congestion. Well, the economists in Scandinavian countries, especially, have a term for this, facile externality. And this is where innovations which eliminate too much hassle for consumers can do society harm. Mm-hmm. So things like, you know, Domino's has an app now, I guess, where it, it's, it's a zero click. I mean, you open up the app. If you don't do anything for 10 seconds, it will automatically order your, your pizza. <laughs> And, okay. and, you know, so like one click on Amazon, right? It's frictionless. I mean, of course, businesses love that because you mm-hmm. buy more. Just like if you, you, you know, uh, what is it, three out of five Britons say that they spend more money with uh, when they wave plastic than when they spend cash, uh, which I'm sure is true around the world. Um, I love this. Jerry Seinfeld said, I love Amazon one click ordering because if it takes two clicks, I don't even want it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but... but <laughs> The thing about this, Ed, this is killer. So these economists from Scandinavian countries, they talk about the IKEA effect and they say, you know, people place extra value on whatever they devote their own labor to. 
right? And mm-hmm. the you're going to love this. The United Nations has a don't nudge, tell office. Don't nudge, tell. It's called Donut. <laughs> and Danilov Rossi of the Donut Unit for the United Nations thinks only government can properly properly defend the cause of inefficiency. Amen on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> and so he thinks that you know we need to make things more of a hassle for consumers so we don't have some of these problems. It's a market failure, Ed. It's a market failure. So the economist says, well, we're going to lead by example. So from now on, you're going to need a paper knife to separate the pages of your copy to read it. <laughs> so even the economist took a swipe at this and said, this is asinine. And it Ridiculous. Is. I mean, this is the total labor theory of value. So if you ever heard that term, a facile externality, Know that that comes out of the donut unit of the United Nations and, you know, grab your wallet. Facile externality. And that's and that's just a, a, a fancy way of saying we don't like things that are efficient. Is that yes. right? We don't okay. like innovations because they can cause harm. Uh, we don't like innovations because they can cause harm because, you know, it should be too efficient. And then, you, you know, you might actually want more efficient, more yeah. You should need to go through a little bit more trouble to get you yeah. know, your pizza or your, you know, your, your pantry restocked or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, oh man, man, I would have thought it was an April fool thing too, but you know, since it's government, I'm like, eh, yeah, no, probably so. Yeah. Probably so. I, I did love, I loved his line though. He says only government can properly defend the cause of inefficiency. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Singing from the hymnal. All right, well, we're up against our last break, Ron, and we'll have a couple of more Free Rider Friday items when we come back from our break. But right now we want to hear from our sponsor and my employer, Sage. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Wherever your business is headed, Sage has the cloud solution you need to enable mobile accounting and simplify financial management. Discover how moving your financial data and accounting processes to the cloud can transform your business. Cloud accounting software from Sage can help you make better decisions, drive faster responses, and gain greater control. That's cloud accounting for the journey. For more information, visit sage.com forward slash US forward slash SOE. Have you ever read a book that changed your life? I sure have. But have you ever read a book where the forward changed your life? Me neither. Hello, I'm Greg Kite. I wrote the forward to Ron Baker and Ed Kless's new ebook, The Soul of Enterprise Dialogues on Business and the Knowledge Economy. The value of this book is found entirely in its forward. So when you buy it, think of it as buying the forward and getting the rest of the book for free. Available now for download exclusively on Amazon.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You 
are tuned into The Soul of Enterprise with Ron Baker and Ed Klass. To find out more about our show, visit us on the web at thesoulofenterprise.com. You can also chat with us on Twitter using hashtag AskTSOE. Now, back to The Soul of Enterprise. Ron, yet another one in the file of uh, job loss due to robots. Okay. Uh, this is this is from a um, an article. Uh, let me get the date here on April fourth. So it's not April Fool's Day. April fourth, uh, two thousand seventeen, by Max O'Prey, and uh, he is concerned that uh, the, there's a fourth industrial revolution that promises to unleash all sorts of dark visions upon society: mass unemployment and social unrest from automation. The Internet of Things spying on everything we do, babies being gently rocked to sleep by machines. There will also be sex robots, Ron. Yeah. Sex robots. Yep. And um, yeah, the, we're very concerned here that this is going <laughs> to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this is usually a family show, but. I'm no, like you can yeah there no there's wait, a lot what? on that there's a lot on that yeah women beware yeah you're, <laughs> you're going to be made superfluous yeah uh <laughs> until a robot like, can give birth I don't know but yeah no um but oh, okay yeah uh, well let's just say that let's leave it there we'll post the link if if you would like to find out more about this scourge. Upon. You know, that's funny, Ed, because <laughs> my, my thing in the stack, I got a couple things that tie together exact same issue on, on robots. And first was an article in National Review by a guy named Robert Atkinson. And he's the president mm-hmm. of the Information Technology and Innovation Foundation. And the title of the article is In Defense of Robots. And he said, look, th- throughout our history, especially in the United States, we've always been advocates for technologically powered productivity growth, right? Mm-hmm academe, journalists, right? I mean, think of Disney, right? Disney was a fanatic. Tomorrowland and Epcot, you know, showcase technology. And we, we sure. gooed, nod, and, and all of that. Um, he said, but now, and I love this term, he says, we're suffering from robophobia. Mm-hmm. And he cites the, <clears throat> the Oxford study that says we're going to lose 47% of the jobs in the next 20 years. The uh-huh. McKinsey Global Institute study that says we're going to lose 45% of jobs. Uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers has got a study. We're going to lose 38% of our jobs by 2030. Um, this guy makes the case that, hey, could a, could a robot install a carpet? Apparently, he used to lay carpet. He says it's incredibly difficult. It'd be almost impossible for a robot to do. Just too much dexterity and movement and all of that. But put that aside, then he starts talking about autonomous vehicles and how they're going to save, you know, tens of thousands of lives and a trillion dollars a year. And this is going to outweigh the cost to truck drivers. And and he says, look, truck driving is not a great job anyway. He says, mm-hmm. this idea that truck drivers are a great job is seven times higher injury rate. They top five in suicide rates of occupations. Their <laughs> average annual income is only 40 grand a year, which is 17% below the median. And actually, truck mechanics make 15% more on average than truck drivers. He talks about Bill Gates' idea on the tax on robots, as that's insane. You know, equating rather economist Robert Schiller equates robots with alcohol and says we need to tax it so we get less of it, right? Uh, he talks about the lump of labor fallacy. 
you know, that there's only so many jobs and this is why New Jersey and Oregon doesn't let you pump your own gas. You know, that he says, oh, yeah, that's great. Breathing benzene fumes all day is a wonderful (laughs) job. Uh, But and then he he goes on to rail against UBI, by the way, says that will lead to the very thing the robophobes warn us about, which is large scale unemployment, because, Mm -hmm. geez, if you pay people not to work, guess what? They probably won't work or at least some of them wouldn't. But mm-hmm. the the most interesting thing to me about this was Donald Bedro's comment on, and I saw this in FEE, but it was on Cafe Hayek, his blog. Okay. He yeah. said, and, and he talked about robots, the title is Robots Substitute for Jobs, Not Human Creativity. He says, you're worried about robots taking your job. He said, well, what about humans? There's nothing more human-like than humans between 1950 and today, our workforce has increased 160%. We've gone from 62 million workers to 160. And yet, our unemployment is about a point lower than it was in 1950. And indeed, our labor force participation is a few points higher, 63% today uh, compared to 59%. So, he says, why haven't we suffered unemployment if you can be replaced by a human? You have more humans competing with you. Mm-hmm. Now, I know what a Keynesian would say. You can hear it already. Yeah, but a robot doesn't buy anything. Mm-hmm. right? So it's not another mouth to feed and, and house and all of that. And, and I get that. And he gets that, too. He says there are differences. He said, but let's face it. You know, you <laughs> humans would be able to replace you better than a robot, probably, or mm-hmm. yeah, whatever. Uh, and, and then he, he ends by saying it's an incor- incorrect presumption that the number of productive tasks we can perform for each other is limited. He says, I believe the number is practically unlimited. And I would agree with that. Totally agree. In fact, one one of the one of the my, one of the heard quotes that I I uh, talked with somebody about this week at at ITA was if if your job is eliminated by a robot or a bot, right? It probably sucked anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's a. Right. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I really do. It, whether it's data entry or, or you know, road, uh, tax compliance or, or mm-hmm. type of thing, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just we're going to climb the value curve with this. I, I just think it's wonderful. But you know, wow, you just you know, and I'm so sick and tired of reading all this dystopian future stuff. It's just you know, first off, give me a break. Nobody can predict the future. You know, so these studies that, that this guy, the reason I love this article in National Review is he tore apart these studies. He got into them and said, this is why they're BS, because mm-hmm. they look at tasks and they, they, you know, they don't really study anything. They make all these assumptions and it just, it's, it's ludicrous to run around and say, oh, we're going to lose X number of jobs and not talk about what's going to replace them. Well, because mm-hmm. obviously you can't, because you can't see jobs that, you know, aren't there yet. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's, that's a, that's, it's so true. I, 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 I think we can't imagine, uh, you know, that, that great, great quote, we can't imagine what we can't design. Right. Um, and, and, and I think there's some really, there, there's some really great things that are coming down the pike that we can't see the jobs that are going to be created by all of this stuff. And I think you're right. I think they're, they're much higher of value in terms of service to, to others and 
that you know the whole notion of that relationship economy is is going to continue to expand and i i don't know i'm 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 i have future glee i said before before on the show right i i have future glee i don't know if i have future shock i have future glee i want it to happen I agree. I think we are at the dawn, Ed, of what do you want to call it, relationship economy or transformation economy? I I, I think we're there, and I think maybe we've been there for a few years. I I, I think we're a hinge in history on that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I hope so. Well, speaking of history, what do we got coming up for next week, Ron? What do you want to do? What do you want to talk about next week? Next week, Ed, is Memorable Mentors. We're going to go back to our uh, Foundation of Economic Education book series where we're going to be talking about Friedrich Hayek. So we've done Mises and we've done, um, who else did we do? Was Have we just done Mises? I thought we'd done two of these. But anyway, we'll be doing Friedrich Hayek next week. Right. And don't tune out these shows, guys. We actually make it fun. There's a lot of people like, oh, I think that's going to, if it's, these are fun shows that we, we keep it, keep it moving, keep it interesting. But and we look we'll forward po- to hearing you. And we'll post the book where you can get it free, free download from FEE's website in the pre show summary on the website. Right. So you can follow along with us. Okay. Great, Ron. I guess I'll see you in 167 hours. This has been the Soul of Enterprise, Business in the Knowledge Economy, sponsored by Sage, energizing business builders around the world through the imagination of our people and the power of technology. Join us next week on Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern. That's 1 p.m. Pacific time. In the meantime, please do visit us at www.thesoulofenterprise.com. <laughs>